Hi, I'm Lisa DeLay, and you're listening to the Spark My Muse podcast. This is Soul School, Lesson 111. Thoughts from Eugene Peterson and Thomas Keating. Last week was a sad week for the fact that there was a lot of violence, and we lost two elderly men of wisdom. Eugene Peterson, who was a longtime pastor and a teacher of pastors and seminary folks, as well as probably what he might be most famous for is writing a translation of the Bible in paraphrase called The Message, written in everyday language for people to understand the Bible in a common vernacular. We also lost Thomas Keating, who was in his 90s and was a Trappist monk who taught about centering prayer in the contemplative way and wrote many books. I think also this has hit me a little bit harder because there has been some violence and some white supremacist activity that has brought a lot of extra sadness and darkness where at the same time we've seen some lights leave us. And I hope that these thoughts that I'm bringing, these quotes and these thoughts and these ideas from these two men will hopefully add more brightness. We can take the torch. Those of us who are here, I want to encourage us to take the ideas and develop them further, amplify these ideas in the world, continue to be a bright light and an encouragement where we are, even though we see a lot of darkness around us. The light wins. The light outshines and outlasts the darkness. I'm going to bring you a few quotes that touched me from Eugene Peterson. What I'm bringing you about Eugene Peterson is more abbreviated than what I'm bringing you of Thomas Keating, and perhaps I'll redouble my efforts and do an episode just on Eugene Peterson because he had a lot of great things to say that I appreciated. One of the places you'll find a very lovely recent interview with him is the on-being interview with Krista Tippett and Eugene Peterson. It was really fantastic. But here I'll give you a few of his quotes. He says, God is the larger context and plot in which our stories find themselves. I'll say it again so we can really savor it, and then I'll reflect on it briefly. God is the larger context and plot in which our stories find themselves. What's really powerful about this paradigm shifting type of quote is that we think of how God might be invited into our lives and we think of life as a story about us and we are the protagonist of the story that we find ourselves in. But Eugene turns this upside down and he talks about God being the larger context and the plot in which our stories find themselves in the context and plot of God's story. And I appreciate that. There was a humility to Eugene Peterson. He didn't have an ego. And he phoned up one of his friends one day after he had published the message and it suddenly sold a million copies and then two million. And he said, I am just a pastor from a small church, and I don't know what to do with all this money. (laughs) And he wasn't expecting for it to do that well and for it to touch lives in the kind of 
visceral way that it did. Another quote of his was, The life of faith is the daily exploration of the constant and countless ways in which God's grace and love are experienced. The life of faith is the daily exploration of the constant and countless ways in which God's grace and love are experienced. One of the reasons why this quote in particular touches me is that it removes the idea of God as object or it or other from the mind frame and switches the shift to experience, which is to say that God can be experienced and should be experienced and is rightfully experienced right in the now, right in the moment. And the life of faith is when we are constantly and in countless ways experiencing the love and grace of God in the moment. Experiencing it, not touching it um, from here over to there where God is over there, but experiencing it right in the middle of it, right in the presence of God. And seeing God from that vantage point is to embrace the fullness of God and to be received in the love of God, which many of us feel distant from or alien to. And that reflects the alienation that we have with ourselves because possibly of shame or woundedness. And it expresses the alienation we might feel towards other people, people who have wounded us or hurt us, or we've seen ourselves as different from them. And all sorts of experiences keep us alienated from each other and alienated from who we suppose that God is. But Eugene Peterson talks about the walk of faith as being something where you experience God's grace and love in a real way, in real time, right now. If I could just meditate on that every day or every hour of every day, I imagine that my life would have a great deal more peace. And that is something I want to move toward. Here's another one. Wisdom is the art of living skillfully in whatever actual conditions we find ourselves. That is just such a nugget. I'm going to read it again. I love it. Wisdom is the art of living skillfully in whatever actual conditions we find ourselves. So wisdom isn't escapism, isn't avoidance, and it's living skillfully in that place where we find ourselves in the actual conditions. Sometimes we will be in a position where we're like, oh, if only, if only, or wanting to escape the conditions we're in, but wisdom will live artfully within those situations, through those situations and conditions, and experience them. And the final one I'll share is this one. And it leads me to the next person I will talk about, which is Thomas Keating. Eugene Peterson says, the silence that makes it possible to hear God speak also makes it possible for us to hear the world's words for what they really are, teeny and unconvincing 
lies. The silence that makes it possible to hear God speak also makes it possible for us to hear the world's words for what they really are, teeny and unconvincing lies. I love this one because I want to walk in the contemplative spiritual way. And that way involves a lot of silence, inner silence, as well as experienced outer silence if possible. In a world that is a fire hose of media, 24-hour news, gossip, hatefulness, and a lot of people venting their frustrations as well as, you know, I do this as well. But when we make room for silence, especially the inner silence that we need, the space that we need, God will speak in that place. And then we have the possibility to hear what the world says for what it is. And all the lies can surface that way and we can see them for what they really are. And what does the world, so-called world, tell us? And that mean, meaning the, the evilness of what can happen in the world. Not the God-infused parts of, of people's hearts, but the fearfulness of the world. And the fearfulness will tell us, worry about the other person, hate the other, be selfish, get what's yours, retaliate, seek vengeance, hurt them before they hurt you, and don't trust anyone. And all those are, all those become teeny, unconvincing lies as we make room for what God says to us in those times of silence. And I think this is the kind of wisdom we need to hear amplified more and more, especially in light of the passing of Eugene Peterson, and he isn't going to be saying it. So who's going to be saying it? For, for one, I am, and I hope that you can be too. I hope that you can spread the word about the importance of inner silence, the importance of hearing deep down from God, deep calling to deep, and revealing the lies that the darkness of the world, the darkness of the fears within people will try to shout out and try to fire hose us with all the troubles instead of seeing the part of the image of God created in all of us. Someone who really used silence and used contemplative prayer including especially centering prayer was Thomas Keating, Father Thomas Keating. If you go to the show notes for this episode at patreon.com forward slash spark my muse for, for soul school lesson 111, I will give you some bio on Eugene Peterson, some biography on Thomas Keating and where you can find their work and more about their books, more about their ideas. But for now, I will just share some wisdom I found this week that seemed important to share. One of the things that really interested me was a video that I saw from Thomas Keating, and he talked about the five levels of consciousness, um, spiritual awakening, if you will. And these five levels of consciousness 
can come about through the practice of centering prayer, which is to say a stillness and a consent before God to allow God to rule your heart, to come into God's will and to come into God's will for your life and come into consent to God's working in your life and in your ways and in your character. And this is also what's called the fruit of the Spirit, that it can be magnified in your life. This is a grace of God. This isn't something that we can actually get by trying, but we can get it through, in a sense, through just consent and saying, I'm willing to work on it. Um, I, I'm here for that. When it doesn't happen is when we're distracted, busy, not paying attention. But when we turn our awareness toward God and toward the consent to this, that is when this work can begin. What Thomas Keating talks about here is the first level of awareness is just ordinary awareness. It's the regular way we get through our day. We are aware of people and events, of emotional reactions. We are aware of judgments and commentaries, running dialogue, the ordinary things of getting through life. One thinks of themselves as the dominant character in the plot and you are absorbed in the plot and you don't think much too much beyond that too much of the time. So you're, you're going through life, you're wondering how am I going to get through this obstacle or that obstacle or this trial and uh, what's keeping me from those things, um, who's upsetting me and what can I do to do better? But you are mainly the, um, the main character of your story. And then what can happen sometimes is a spiritual awakening, which is the second level of consciousness, of spiritual consciousness. And Keating talks about this specifically in the scope of centering prayer. And centering prayer is an apophatic prayer. It's prayer of no words. It's prayer of silence. It is, it is a lot like meditation in the sense that you are just sitting still and waiting on the Lord and resting in God. It can start off really with ordinary spoken word prayer, if you'd like, but it, then it calms down and rests into consent. And what Keating recommended was that you center yourself back on a word. For instance, it can be a word for, for God or for Jesus, or it can be a word for um, something that is a genuine symbol of your intent. For instance, listen or peace. Sometimes I have um, use the centering prayer words, thank you, or some sort of gratitude, something that I want to invite and into my life and consent to. And through this time of centering prayer that you incorporate into your life a few times a day, as much as you can, you begin to go deeper into spiritual awakening or spiritual consciousness and, and you open up to more of what's available to you in, in the gifts of the Spirit and also in um, an awakened life. And this has benefits too in, in terms of compassion and empathy. So oftentimes people will find themselves having a kind of spiritual awareness, this deeper level of being where intuition and spiritual will are concerned. And there is more genuine freedom and choice here. These, this level is always helped by spiritual practices that are taken in um, genuinely, not just out of the duty, but out of a wanting to be closer united with God and, and to others and to ourselves. Um, 
And sometimes, though, this comes out as instead of being the person, the protagonist in your own story and being caught up in it, you can sometimes step back and say, ugh, this is a lousy movie, and I can leave this movie and and change it. I can um, unravel this a bit. I can step back and I can look in and I can make adjustments. I don't have to be captured by this movie I see myself in. It also opens us up to deeper levels of consciousness and spiritual awareness, such as the third one, which he calls the true self. This gets down to more of the image of God within us. God's idea of who we are manifest in our particular uniqueness, our individuality, and what makes us unique in the world. We don't, at least in, in Christianity, don't see ourselves as ever losing something true, truly unique about us. We don't get absorbed into the Borg, so to speak, assimilate or die. You can keep your uniqueness in God and yet be unified with God as we progress in deeper spiritual awareness. And that is a lovely thing because as Paul talks about, we are one body with, with parts, many parts that do different things. Every part is valuable. And that's where our particular talents and individuality plays in, our skills, our, um, our levels of uniqueness. So the deeper levels, the more spiritual levels of awareness come in, and even the intrusion of residual habits of ordinary awareness start to diminish significantly. So some of the old habits of, of being um, pulled around by your emotions and being triggered by things, that starts to diminish because you realize you're not just part of some story and getting pulled around. You have more free choice to pick the kind of way you're going to respond and react. You have a, a much deeper well of awareness to draw from and you can come to terms with life as it is. In the present moment, and with its content of what the content of your life is in that moment. It's a much more settled, deeper um, sense of yourself and the world and God as it is. And this is coming into a truest sense of yourself as an image bearer of God. Another level deeper is the ground of unconscious or the ground of being, as he calls it. This is the innermost center our rootedness in God, our very rootedness, a place of divine indwelling, the fullest development of the spiritual journey, a full reality of the prayer of Jesus that Jesus offers his disciples, be one as I am one with the Father. He desires that his disciples, that his followers be united with God as he himself is united with God. And that's the invitation, not because it's impossible, but because it is indeed possible through the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of obedience and consent to the love of God. This is the way things are, but we don't think of it this way. This isn't pie in the sky. This is actually the way things are, and we open up and become aware to this reality. This is the journey of letting go of our ideas of it being otherwise, of it being some other way. This is how things actually are. And we awaken to more of this inner experience of God's presence 
as we do things like the spiritual practices of centering prayer and becoming more and more one and united with God, as we continue to consent to God's work in our lives, God's will and God's love and grace, it infuses us our very being. And this is the Trinitarian life of God. Eventually, this final step, this final level of spiritual consciousness, of spiritual awareness, is the Trinitarian life of God. A hospitality into the life of God, uh, in every sense, is an entry point or an access point into the life of the Spirit. Our spirit is rooted in God and in whom we move and have our being, as Paul says. The presence and action of God. We cultivate an atmosphere of interior silence, though it is available all the time. We access that by our very awareness and consent. What Keating talks about is that as these times of consent and, and unity go along in our lives, we will come across, um, this will be a, a embrace, but we'll also come across some of our woundedness and our the junk in our lives that's accumulated sin and woundedness, and then there will be a time of what he calls unloading or a release that can be painful, but it is also healing. And this moves us closer into consent and union with God. And so if you find that you are doing centering prayer or other spiritual practices that lead to fruits of the Spirit, you will also find that there's pain within that. There will be times of fear and discomfort, and that is part of the process. It's not all just a bowl of cherries it's also some pits and so those pits will come and you will uh, sort of expel them from your life as part of the healing and um, growing process and part of the process of awareness you notice the good and and the bad within yourself and through the grace of god you become healed in these ways you are moved closer and closer so that you can perceive the divine action of god in your regular daily life and in those moments so there's no pushing or effort when returning. It happens very it happens very gently as we return to God and God's presence and awareness of God's presence as we're in centering prayer or as we're keeping God in mind. Keating describes it as we come like dew on the leaves, returning to God in awareness and presence. It is not a forced or a pulling back like, oh, I did something wrong, I gotta return to God's presence, awareness of God's presence. It's just habitually returning back, turning back our gaze, our beholding. Then we are companioning with God. Companion is made up of two words. C-O-M, come, means with, and penyon means bread with bread. It's interesting how Jesus calls himself the bread of life. And in this companioning, this with bread, we come into our sustenance. We come into what feeds us and nourishes our souls and creates, uh, when ingested, creates um, what we live on and how we can come into um, richer understanding of the world and not just an understanding but a a our very being can be nourished by 
a companioning with God. So apophatic prayer, which is to say centering prayer, prayer without words, but is just an attention and a resting in God in awareness. It is prayer that goes beyond rituals and images and words. It is about experience and turning our will to that of consent toward God's will. It is a turning of the heart. Thomas Merton calls contemplative prayer, which includes centering prayer, a prayer of the heart. And it adds to cataphatic prayer, which is prayer of words. It doesn't stand in opposition to prayer with words, but it adds to it, adds a richness, an underlayer to it, and it reinforces those other types of prayer. And it happens with an interior silence. And just like our interior silence, the space that we create, helps reveal the words of the world as teeny, unconvincing lies, it also reveals to ourselves our own teeny, unconvincing lies. For instance, that we have to prove ourselves in the world, that we have to have special status symbols or appear to be smart or competent or intelligent to be worth something to be valuable. Instead, God invites us to, to rest in his very embrace. And we are all invited to do that. Apophatic prayer, centering prayer, contemplative prayer gives us the experience of being in God's loving embrace and realizing that that is all we need and that we don't have to do anything important to experience that or to be loved by God. We don't have to do anything special. We don't have to prove ourselves uh, lovable to be allowed in that embrace. There is no one that God doesn't love. And in the turning of our hearts toward God, in this consent, God uh, utterly and completely embraces us. Contemplative prayer is a kind of program for transformation that readies us for the activation of the divine gifts, the fruit of the Spirit, which are already ontologically present and available to us. The things we have inside us are often things that oppose these gifts that are available. These are places where we are wounded, fearful, we're blind to our misdeeds and sins against others and even sins toward ourselves. And when we have these, these things inside us that should go, that should be redeemed and sanctified, we build, whether we know it or not, we build and construct a false self to cope, something that's divided from our true selves, something that the world can see that makes us look better than we are the lampshade that I've referred to in previous episodes. Instead of uh, the world seeing the light, they will see the lampshade. And it can get to be pretty fancy or pretty strange looking when we're trying to get by in the world. But it's not the true self. We must work to get down to expose uh, the image of God and move towards God's likeness through these spiritual practices to really feel at home in ourselves and united with God.
Keating says, grace operates in virtue of Christ's incarnation and redeeming activity. Yet Christ is bigger than Christianity, and his whole body is the whole of humanity, past, present, and future. The whole human family goes with us, and the barriers evaporate because we are all human creations, and we begin to recognize this image of God within each one of us as we grow close to God and close to his ways and character, the barriers fall to the side as we gain eyes to see the kind of eyes that God sees with. And we grow up past these false divisions. We realize God does not play favorites. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't play favorites. It's up to us whether we accept this invitation for transformation. Our belief should be enlarged by the Holy Spirit. And indeed, the Holy Spirit's work brings this fruit of the Spirit, which makes us more like God's own character. In the show notes, I will put in a link to this fantastic uh, series of videos that I gained a lot from, and I think you will too. I wish you blessing and peace. I wish you a break from the fire hose of media and healing for your wounded heart. If you are, if you are experiencing grief at this time, uh, I mourn with you. And I hope that we can continue to let our light shine so that all the world can see who God really is and that God is in our hearts making the world a better place right now. God is in our presence right now, not later, not someday, but in our very going about and doing regular things in the world, in our very ordinary acts of kindness and loving each other. We have to be all the more diligent to make sure that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are evident in our lives, not just in our talk, not just in our beliefs that stay in our head, but in the hands and feet that we have in the daily goings-on among our family members. And I hope and pray that this moves forward in my life and that this moves forward in your life too. If you'd like to help support my work, you can go to patreon.com and contribute or to my website and find the donation button there. And I would appreciate your support. And please pass along this episode as widely as you can. That will really help as well. See you next week.